0: Australia scream from one side to the other. Get to the ball to Morgan. Morgan crosses the twiggy. Comes away to O'Neill. Go! 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 You're listening to Ladies Who League.
1: Good morning, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Ladies Who League. I'm your host, Mary Kay, and I'm joined by a fantastic panel this morning. We're going to cover it all. We're going to do NRL, we'll do netball, and we're also going to be joined by Stacey Porter, who plays softball for Australia. But first, let me introduce you to my panel. I've got Emma Lawrence from Fox Sports. Good morning, Emma. Hello. Thank you so much for joining us. We're so excited to have you in the studio.
2: No, thank you for having me. No, it's
1: a pleasure. Great things about the show. Oh, I don't know who's telling you those great things, <laughs> but thank you Everybody. for Everybody. <laughs> And I hope they continue to spread good things. Hopefully now you can also say good things that you've been on the show.
2: Oh, I'll have to wait and see till the end. Yeah, I'll quiz (laughs) you at the end.
1: (laughs) We've also got Natalie Yanidis from Fox Sports as well. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you also for joining us. Very happy to have you here. No problem. Anytime. Thank you very much. And also jumping out from behind the screen again to behind the microphone, Brittany Carter from ABC Grandstand. Good morning, Mary. How are you? Good, thank you. That's good. Thought we'd start off with NRL. What do you think?
3: Yeah, sounds good to me.
1: All right. The big story this week has been Robbie Farah and the news that he has been dropped from first grade to reserve grade um, ahead of what will be his 250th game in three weeks. Now, Robbie Farah is an interesting player because he's been sort of embroiled in a bit of controversy at the West Tigers. There was a similar incident last year where he was dropped to reserve grade. I'm really interested to hear from all of you about what you think about this and whether it's okay and whether he should have been dropped. Emma, what do you think?
2: Well, I feel sorry for Robbie Farrow because anyone who's a New South Wales hooker does not deserve to be playing New South Wales Cup really. Mm -hmm. And I don't really think it's because, you know, Jason Taylor came out and said it's because he doesn't gel with Luke Brooks and Mitch Moses and because they're creative and they don't work well together. That might be the case because I know, you know, they're quite flamboyant, the young halves, but I think it's it's definitely just because he and JT don't get along and find it difficult to work together because even if their styles don't really match up, you would find a way to still fit a New South Wales hooker in your side. You would, whether you're getting him to change his style of play, getting the young halves, getting Tedesco, whatever it may be, it's just because of their relationship. It's not because, you know, he came out with the, oh, it's because they don't match. But I just don't buy into any of that. So Emma, I'm going to play devil's advocate
1: here just for a second. That that has been an argument that you're dropping a New South Wales hooker, but I would say that Robbie Farah is not the current best hooker. Uh, Michael Lennis.
2: Michael Lennis is. I agree, but you know, uh, Laurie Daly is. You know, all about loyalty. Loyalty, and Farah had. I mean, you say had done the job. They. I had only won one series in <laughs> eleven. Let's but, not talk about that. <laughs> but he had. He had done his job in Daly's eyes. So, you know. Um, he was still happy to pick him. But on form, Michael Ennis, I think most people would have agreed, Michael Ennis was the form hooker of the competition. But I also think this was coming and as much as I I feel sorry for Robbie, to be perfectly honest, if I were him, I probably would have found another club last year when he knew this was on the cards. I think I like – I'm a Tigers fan and I really like Robbie Farah but I probably – would have tried to find another club. I think maybe he was a bit stubborn and sort of dug his heels in and said, no, I'm going to stay here. If you want to drop me, you drop me. And um, I'm surprised it's actually taken this long. Well, I, I to am him. too
1: because, I, mm. Natalie, if it, it was, if it was me, I, I probably would have left the club at the end of last year. I think the writing was very much on the wall for Robbie Farah.
4: I can understand exactly where you're coming from, obviously. You know, if there's a relationship problem, then... It's going to be hard. It's always going to be difficult. We're talking about loyalty in football. Is there any loyalty in football anymore? I can kind of understand it's hard because players leave clubs all the time. Players leave clubs all the time. So is it fair for the club to actually say, we don't want you anymore? It's it's really hard, especially with his 250th coming up. Mm. No, the loyalty question is one that I find really
1: interesting because – Even if we think about state of origin, people wanted to sack Laurie Daly. The reality is Laurie Daly still has an extra year on his contract. Um, So, you know, do we show loyalty and allow him to serve out his contract? But when players leave early and leave clubs early, fans stomp their feet, shout and get up in arms about players showing disloyalty. If you think about the Nathan Peets situation at the beginning of this year, the Eels didn't show any loyalty to Nathan Peets at all. So... As much as I would love loyalty to be a part of rugby league, but I just don't think it's there in the same way that it used to be.
3: No, well, I'm looking at this article too to come back to rugby Farah and this was in June. So the Tigers have an impressive record without Farah winning all but one game when the origin hooker hasn't taken to the field. If you're Jason Taylor sorry, and, and you're coaching and it's your job to get wins and you have won every game except the one where Robbie Farah has taken the field, if it was me, I think if it was anyone, you'd cut him.
1: Well, this is the other question as well. Would the situation be different if the Tigers were absolutely in contention for the finals? So say Jason Taylor thought that the team performs better without Robbie Farah. they need to win all their remaining games to make the finals. Do you drop one of the most loyal players in the club to make the finals? I think the answer is yes, as hard as that is.
2: I think it it is hard. I think, well, the tigers, the tigers are still very much in contention. Let's just uh, (laughs) keep that in mind. They don't write them off just yet. But uh, so they really do need to win every game. But I mean, I think Farah can. The games that Farah has come off the bench, he has added a tremendous spark, and he's you know either scored a try or set up a try, and he's just come on with that energy, like like the. And I mean, I know he's not a a big prop, but like, you know, when you see T-Rex and Cassiano come on for the Bulldogs and the side just automatically lifts, that's what he brought to the side. And so, you know, I don't necessarily think he had to be dropped then. Why not just keep him coming off the bench like that? If you don't want him to start and you sort of want to send a bit of a message and you want to let the halves do what they do, then Mm -hmm. maybe just keep him. I mean, he wouldn't like that. I'm sure he'd like that more than playing reserve grade, but maybe just keep him on the bench.
3: Yeah, that's a really fair call. I agree with that.
4: Mm. I would love to know what the argument was about. What The, the, the initial was, one Yeah, what the, the feud start? was about. I would love to know why they don't like each other, if, if that is the case.
2: I think they just, I think just a bit of a personality clash. I mean, yes. I think, and to be honest, if there wasn't even an incident, to, if there wasn't a specific incident to begin with, if I were Jason Taylor coming in and w- whether, you know, the story, who knows exactly what happened with Sheens and Mick Potter, but... Jason Taylor's already coming in probably feeling threatened because so the story went. Farrah had a lot to do with that whether or not that's true but you know you JT probably came in feeling a bit threatened mm. in the first place.
1: So I think the conclusion of this segment is that none of us want to be Jason
2: Taylor and none of us, <laughs> no, us want to be, be Robbie Farrah Tara. either. but I hope he kills it today um playing it like I'd. I'm sure he will.
1: I have no doubt. Robbie Farah is an exceptional player, whether he's the best hooker in New South Wales, who cares? Mm. He's a great player and he's contributed significantly to the Mm. West Tigers. So I'm expecting a big game from him today. Let's talk about the action that's happened in the Rugby League this week so far. So if we go back to last night, we had the Broncos absolutely decimated by the Panthers, 31 points to 12. It's been a real fall from grace for the Broncos. So that's their sixth loss in eight games. And they're looking like they're going to be dropping out of the top six tonight potentially. Not really sure what to say about them. Their defense was atrocious. Corey Oates is a real confidence player and is just playing with no confidence at the moment. But then on the other hand, Penrith looked extremely polished Britt, did you watch this game?
3: I did, and I thought that Nathan Cleary was superb. I really uh, rate him as a a player, and I really look forward to seeing where he goes. Um, The Broncos definitely have been impacted by origin, haven't they? Well, it's interesting because we can talk about the Broncos being
1: impacted by origin, but then the Cowboys came out on Thursday night and absolutely trounced the Bulldogs. So they just seem to be, you know, two different teams Yeah, it doesn't
2: seem – I mean, the Broncos, you would think – now that they're, you know, post Origin, mm. you would have thought, you know, that they would find a bit of form. But last year, they killed it all through the Origin series. And, you know, they had some of their younger players stepping up then. So I don't think really they can use Origin as an excuse, really. But as you said, you know, seemed like confidence was down last night. And I know you said Corey Oates dropped the ball, but. Th- Come out of the second, first few minutes of that second half, they made a meal of their, you know, first few set of sixes, you know, forward passes, drop balls. So it was all over the park. And just, you know, I mean, they've got enough depth, whether whether or not they've got their origin players or not. That shouldn't really be the, the Broncos team we're seeing. And when they got smashed by the storm a few weeks ago, you know, Wayne Bennett, you know, was playing it down and no, 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 it's fine. But you sort of get to the point where it's like, oh, well, Something needs to be done. In saying that, if any side, I don't think you can ever write a Wayne Bennett side off. You know, I mean, I think it was in, um, you know, six when they, you know, had l- lost their fir- lost last five games heading into the finals and, you know, still went on. So I don't think you can write them off. I don't think it's... I mean, it's like the Sharks, everyone's saying, do they need a loss now? So possibly this is Brisbane getting their sort of bad patch out of the way now. So I'd who knows? Don't it, write them off.
1: I'd rather get it out of the way now, <laughs> yeah. right, than uh, much closer to the finals. Yeah. I think uh, I also need a shout-out to Trent Merrin, who's having a great <laughs> week this week. Who knew he was such a good Borat impersonator, (laughs) but he also had a really good game last night. He made 249 metres and 38 tackles. So Penrith look like they're playing
4: themselves into form towards the finals and might be a team to watch. We need to also mention that Trent Merrin is also a fantastic dancer. Is he? Yes, because post-match, their post-match celebrations in the rooms was very entertaining. I suggest you get to the Fox Sports website and check it out. Oh, do you know what, Natalie? Cheeky Fox Sports (laughs) plug there from
2: Natalie. She's looking for a promotion.
1: <laughs> Make sure you play your play the show to the right people. I think we'll also quickly mention the Cowboys game. They absolutely turned it on against the Bulldogs and won 36-0. They did this despite Jonathan Thurston having to leave the field at around the 45th minute. The Bulldogs had been impressive coming into this game, but they looked absolutely out of sorts on Thursday night.
2: I think even having Michael Morgan back for the Cowboys made a difference. So even though JT set up those first two tries – um having Michael Morgan in that second half when he grubbed for that, you know, try that they scored. So I think with the Cowboys, obviously, no matter what side he's in, JT is going to make a huge difference. But I don't think for the Cowboys, no JT is the end of the world. Mm-hmm. I think that's the difference for them. And But, I mean, I was really shocked that the Bulldogs um, couldn't put any points on them because they've got the players to to at least go close to the Cowboys.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I I was really disappointed with the Bulldogs. I mean, 63% completion rate, 10 handling errors. I think the key takeaway from that is when the dogs are good, they're good, Mm. but when they're bad, they're really bad. Now, there are some really good games coming up on the weekend, so we might wrap it up there and come and preview what's happening for the rest of the weekend. Emma, I want to ask you which game you're most looking forward to this weekend.
2: Well, as a Tigers fan, I'm going to have to say the Dragons-Tigers game. Just, you know, we spoke about the whole Robbie Farris saga earlier, but just to see how are they going to go without him, because JT's gambled really the rest of the season on this decision, so how are they going to respond? It's... Everything that goes on is a distraction for them. So it'd be interesting to see, uh, how they, whether they bounce back from it, but also just to see James Tedesco come back from Origin. Mm-hmm. All the boy words he said during the week, Oh, he's just going to take his game to another level because of that. Origin gives you just that sense of confidence. So it really will be, I mean, he was their best, has been their best player all season. So if he can get better, then, um, all eyes on. on Teddy, yeah. everyone
1: loves him. And also just while we're talking about the West Tigers, I wanted to shout out to Dean Hallitau, who announced yes. this week that he'll be retiring at the end of the year after 14 years of playing rugby league. He's a great ambassador on and off the field and is doing a lot of great work with the Rugby League uh, Players Association and also does a lot of community work off the field. So yes. we love you, Dean,
4: and well done. Natalie, do you have a game that you're excited about this weekend? I think it's pretty hard to go past the Sharks this weekend. Going yeah. for 15 in a row. Who could have thought a couple of years ago when that Asada stuff broke that – that the Cronulla Sharks would be up the top of the ladder looking like basically premiership favourites. And when you compare that to Essendon in the AFL, who are on the bottom of the Mm. ladder, lost all their players, such an incredible story. No, it is, Natalie. And I think as a Parramatta fan, I sort of look at the Sharks
1: and think, well, look, they were at the lowest of lows two years ago. Look, Look at what can happen in two years. So I'm really excited about the Sharks. They're playing the Knights, though, which is another team that I absolutely love. The Knights have been better, I've thought, in recent mm. weeks. So, you know, maybe they can give the Sharks a little bit of a scare. Maybe Nathan Ross can score
4: a couple of tries, his favourite player of the podcast. <laughs> um, yeah, we, we've got a ball game on our hands, I think. I wouldn't be surprised if this was a danger game for the Sharks. Mm. I know it might sound a little bit strange, but they just really can't afford to be complacent. Absolutely.
1: And, you know, the Knights may be that team that you decide to be complacent about. Mm. So that's another one I'm definitely going to be watching. Britt... Tell me which game <laughs> you're most excited about and I think it's the game that I'm most excited yeah, about as well. I
3: think we're in ingredients that we both are looking forward to the women's origin match today actually that will kick off at 3.10 and it's played as a triple header um, before the under 20s and then the Titans and Eels match as well.
1: Uh, so everyone make sure you tune in to nrl.com at 3.10 to check out that game. Now... Some of you might not know how dominant Queensland has been in that interstate game. So they've won the
3: last 14 years? 17.
1: Oh, 17. They've never right. lost. There you go. They've, they've never, never lost. lost.
3: In this interstate challenge, no. They've
1: never lost. Um Oh, that's right. It was 17 years. So they've never lost, but the New South Wales team this year is stacked with Jillaroos. So Ruan Sims is playing, Alana Ferguson is playing, Sammy Bremner is playing, uh, and my personal favourite, Kezi Apps is (laughs) also playing. So it should
3: be a really good game. It should be. And last year they came so close to beating Queensland. It was a four-all draw. draw. And because of... Like all the dominance Queensland have had, they retained the trophy. But Steph Hancock, their captain, was not happy with that win and she's declared that she will quit if they lose today. I love that. (laughs) Yeah, so this is her. If I have to feel that experience, what it's like to be beaten by New South Wales in my lifetime, I'll give it away. And then Alana Ferguson came out yesterday to say, we were born to hate Queensland. So there is plenty of rivalry there and it should be a great match. should add that if you miss um, the streaming, you can watch it delayed on Fox at 6.30 on Sunday.
1: And also Kezi Apps has also made calls this week that the women should be playing a three-game origin series like the men. So fingers crossed a lot of people tune in this afternoon and see how talented the girls are. And then maybe we can work towards a three-game origin series instead of this one game that we have.
3: Yeah, well, it's the last year of the current contract. Um And then the girls want to be you know, they want to start playing before the men's origin game first and then they want to try and move it to three games. So mm-hmm. it also brings up questions that we were talking about when the Gillaroos played, um, you know, a few months ago now as to whether we should be able to watch them live on actual TV. Why do we have to stream them? You know, the under-20s will be on TV. Why can't we have the women's game before that as well? So I'm not sure what the answers are to that, but I think if they did have them on TV that we'd get pretty good numbers. Yeah,
1: I think the answer is put the Jillaroos on TV. Everyone adopt Kezi Apps as your favourite player. (laughs) (laughs) And make sure you tune in to NRL.com this afternoon and cheer the girls home against those dirty Queenslanders. Tickets are now on sale for the Rugby League Experience annual Legends of League Grand Final Cruise. Spend the afternoon cruising Sydney Harbour with great food and drink whilst being entertained by rugby league legends Tommy Radonigas, Michael Crocker and Mark Spud Carroll. In Sydney for the grand final, why not join in the fun? For more information or to book, call us on 1300 885 718 or email therugbyleagueexperience.com.au. Speaking of dirty Queenslanders, <laughs> it's not the way I should lead in. Uh, last weekend, the Firebirds defeated the Sydney Swifts for the 11th straight time at home by 63 points to 52. The Swifts were up early in the game, but that they were basically on the wrong side of the scoreline for the rest of the game. Brittany, I was really, really disappointed to see the Swifts go down.
3: Yeah, that lost Stings a little, especially because they were doing so well at the start. And then it sort of just all fell away and slipped away. And I was sort of just watching it all. You know, as I said, slip away, going, no, this is happening, Queensland. But Queensland, all their players are so fit at the moment, whereas we've got Kim Green battling ACL injuries Mm -hmm. and I'm sure Emma will be able to tell you more about that too. But, you know, it's been tough for us to fight back against such a dominant team. The Queensland Firebirds and I'm just hoping that we can win against the Magic on Monday night and then come back even better for the final. But it
1: seemed like a really tough game. So I loved that battle between Sharni Layton and Ramelda mm. Aiken. And I thought that was outstanding.
2: That's always that's a, the the best battle tough- every year and is yeah. it Sharni against Ramelda? They you'd think No one really has a chance against Romelda with her height, but really Shani is the one who gives it to her more than anyone, not just because of her elevation, but she's just got so much mongrel in her and Mm. she just, you know, there's elbows flying everywhere from both of them. And I just love the fact that off the court, though, they have so much respect for one another. So, you know, when Romelda came off at full time, she just said, oh, I love, you know, she seems like a bit of a mongrel on the court, but was so sweet and said, oh, I just love playing against Shani. She's such a great competitor, but... Um look, I think I think the Firebirds and the Swifts are both going to win their semis and it'll be those two in the final, so in the grand final. Perfect. So it'll be another um Ramel Deshani battle, let's hope. Oh,
1: I can't wait for that. And I also loved Gabby Simpson as well at half <laughs> So she came off the field and just said, mate, it's hardcore out there. It and was it was so
2: physical. Mm. They were getting knocked down left, right, and centre. Gabby Simpson, it's funny that she said it was physical because she was the one that was knocking she knocked Paige Hadley over a few times, but they they have been the Swifts and the Firebirds have been the two dominant teams this season. So I actually think the Steel lost for the were undefeated all season and they lost to the Magic. I actually think that works in the Swifts' favour because now the Firebirds have to play the Steel, which I think they will win. Whereas mm-hmm. I think I wasn't a hundred percent sure about the Swifts playing the Steel. Whereas I think the Swifts can beat the Magic and then it'll be an All Aussie grand final. So I think that that was actually a win for the Swifts. I well, think. Sorry. I was actually – I'm going to
3: disagree with you. I think the oh. Steel are going to win.
2: You think the Steel are going to win? Because yeah.
3: they've been so dominant all year. They've beaten all the Australian teams. Um, I, I just can't really – I think – I would be very happy for them to win, especially because you know New Zealand's not going to be included in the comp next year, and we're splitting up. And I think it would just be a massive in your face for leaving us out, <laughs> um,
2: and a, a good note to part on. That's I all. just think well, when they they did beat the Firebirds earlier this year, but they Firebirds didn't have uh, Claire McMenamin and Laura Guys. They're they're two two of their best players. They're strong all across the court, but they're the best defensive duo in the entire comp. And the Swift shooters are great. They are so good and they could not get around them. They had to keep passing it out. They just couldn't get it into them. So I just think with those two, they're two diamonds defenders. With them back, I just, I mean, I still want the Swift to win, but I just, I think the Firebirds are going you know, to... Beat the steel but who knows hopefully they're both close games
1: yeah well that that would be mm. outstanding so mm. brit when are we tuning in this weekend for the two games that are happening
2: yeah so
3: the first match is on sunday between the firebirds and the steel that's at 12 o'clock in brisbane and then you've got the match on monday in hamilton at seven thirty 30 a monday night I don't both
2: have... are live and ad free on fox sports everyone <laughs> <out> there. <laughs> You both get ticks
1: this
3: morning.
1: (laughs) Britt, I don't know what we're going to have to do to get a little plug for ABC Grandstand. Pretty sure we're doing
3: updates on Sunday.
1: (laughs) There we go. Emma, before you end this segment, I just wanted to ask you, how are you feeling about the split next year of the competition? What are your thoughts on it?
2: Uh, I think, look, I think it's a good idea in, I'm torn, it's a good Mm. idea for Australian netball in the sense that, We've got a lot more depth than New Zealand does and there's so many good players coming through um, in the state league in New South – well, I know particularly New South Wales because I'm from Sydney but from all across Australia that they just don't get a go because there's one team. So, for example, if you're playing state league in New South Wales and then you make our ANL team, so the team just under the Swifts, you've got next to no chance really of playing mm-hmm. for the Swifts because those girls can play till you know – they say, you know, in their 30, 35, whatnot. So really only one or two players every year might get a start. There's so many good players, but they just don't get a go. But with three extra teams, that's more players that can get a go. So I think for Australian netball, it's definitely good. I think it's going to weaken the standard of the competition, obviously, because, you know, the the talent is going to be spread out for a bit. But for all those girls playing um, state netball that have the talent – they're going to get more of a go,
3: and we're talking about loyalty in the NRL before. There's plenty of loyalty in netball. They mm-hmm. stick with what's good, and you know if someone's injured and someone else performs for a few weeks, they always bring the other player back. Mm-hmm. So netball does have a lot of loyalty, and I can understand completely what you're saying about people not getting a go because those top guns are in the spots already.
2: Yeah, that's true, and I know particularly with netball, and having played it, it once you um, once you get picked say, in the under-17 side, you're really going to stay in the system. You know, once you get picked in 17s, you're going to get into 19s, you're going to get into 21s, unless you completely, you know, stuff up somehow. They rarely sort of change. And to push your way into that side, I mean, Kim Revillion is actually one exception because she missed out on the 17s. And I know in a few interviews she's done, she said that was her motivation. And she just remembered missing out on that side. And now she's really one of the best centers in the world. But unless you get picked from the start, they really they stick with that same group and it'll be someone from that group that goes on to play for the Swift. So it's going to give more girls an opportunity.
1: I think netball will be something that we'll be really keeping an eye on next year because there are some really positive points to come out of the new competition next year, but I also think that there are some negatives. Mm-hmm. So there may be t- some teething issues, but yeah. um, it'll be good to see some girls getting some opportunities yeah, and definitely. good to see it on television as well.
3: They think it's going to be good for New Zealand too over there. So I know that um, Hilary Pulachiki executive of Netball New Zealand came out and said that um, splitting up is actually going to be a good thing for them because pre-ANZ championship there were separate competitions and New Zealand was actually a lot more competitive back then so I guess you take out the travel and you take out the fact that they you know have to come up against Australian sides all the time and they can just concentrate on what they're doing and play against themselves and the New Zealand v New Zealand team uh, matches over there get huge crowds. They love it. And so it's actually great for them to have the competition split up too.
1: Well, very good. It'll be a very much watch this space with netball, but uh, looking forward to the finals, the remainder of the finals.
3: Go the Swifts. Go the Swifts. And go, yeah, we can go agree on that,
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're very lucky this morning to be joined by Stacey Porter, captain of the Aussie Spirit. Now, some of you might know not know about the Aussie Spirit. They're Australia's softball team. And Stacey is the second most capped player in that team and is the first Indigenous Australian softball player. Good morning, Stacey. How are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Very well, thank you. Thank you so much for making the time. We really appreciate it. No problem. And we understand that the team is competing at the World Championships at the moment. Can you tell us about how you're going
0: and what your next game is? Yes. So we started about a week ago and unfortunately with the way the pools um have been this world champs we lost last night against china which puts us in to the lower bracket which um which means now we can the best we can do is come ninth which for the aussie spirit for those of you who know us it's um it's pretty unfamiliar territory for us we're normally sort of ranked we will come into this tournament ranked top three so um yeah we're a little bit disappointed at the moment which is which is unfortunate for you guys but um yeah, as you said, we have, we have a game tonight, uh, coming up against Italy, which, uh, we have two more games after that to, to finish in the ninth position. So, uh, we've got to continue on, um, and sort of fight for that position now. But, um, yeah, so we're a little bit disappointed, but, um, bring on the next few days, I guess.
1: That's right. Onwards and upwards, Stacey, I think. Uh, Stacey, can you tell us a little bit yeah, yeah. about softball and the position you play for those of my listeners that aren't really familiar with the sport? Okay, yeah.
0: Well, softball is well. I play third base in softball. Um, I guess if you don't know, there's nine positions on the field, um, and then everyone hits in the lineup, so there's nine batters as well. So, um, yeah, it's, it's a lot like baseball, and it's it's a challenging sport. I think from from memory, it's one of the hardest. Um, hand-eye coordination sports in the world. So, um, yeah, it's a challenging but can be very rewarding game at the same time.
1: Stacey, when did you begin playing? What got you into the sport in the first place?
0: Well, I've been playing since I was about five. I started out at T-Ball. I grew up in uh, country, New South Wales, in Tamworth. So, um, yeah, I've been playing for a long time and I kind of just was was a pretty active kid when I was... um, young and my mum played softball at high school and then played local club in soft, uh, in Tamworth and then my sister played as well so I kind of was just always following them around so I guess that's how I got into it and um, yeah I haven't really stopped since.
3: Stacey this is Brittany. Um, the Rio Olympics are very very close to us and unfortunately this is the second Olympics that softball and baseball won't be included. Is that disappointing for you?
0: Yeah, definitely. Look, I'm lucky enough to, to say that I've been to a couple, but, um, my dream as a kid was to play in an Olympic games because that was possible at that time. So, um, I feel for all those softballers out there that have come through the ranks in the last, you know, eight, eight or so years that haven't had that opportunity. It's, it's an amazing experience. And, um, yeah, it's a lot of kids dreams. So yeah, very disappointed, um, that it's sort of, they put us in and then they pulled us out again, but, um, from what I hear, we're we're pretty close in getting back into Tokyo in 2020. So, um, yeah, we're staying hopeful for that decision at the moment.
4: Stacey, Natalie here. Does it upset you to see sports where where the Olympics isn't the pinnacle of that sport, being in the Olympics, sort of like your golf and your tennis, when softball isn't there?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Look, they, they get to play a major tournament four times a year. And, you know, we bust our butts to, to play in a World Championships every two years. So... Um, definitely the pinnacle of, of our sport would be the Olympics. So, yeah, it, it, it's pretty upsetting to, um, to sort of see those sports and some people, you know, choose not to participate because it's a kind of a lead up sport, uh, lead up tournament for them. Yeah, it's sort of, it's a bit of a kick in the guts for the people that, that just love it and, and want to be there.
2: Stacey, it's Emma here. Do you think ha- not having the sport in the Olympics over the last two years has, you know, Contributed to a drop in participation numbers at junior levels because young girls may be seeing, you know, possibly, well, I can't go to the Olympics and it's not as popular, and maybe choosing another sport instead. Have you noticed that that um, has been happening?
0: Yeah, definitely. And and if you were to look at our numbers over the, you know, the last sort of probably six or so years, it's that's where the big drop's been in in our junior ranks and. Um, I'm sure you know as well as anybody that you, to build a sport, you need your grassroots levels to be, to be nice and strong and, um, and be a bit of a foundation, I guess. So yeah, there's definitely been an an impact on that. So, you know, I'm just really hoping for that decision in a few weeks time, just before Rio starts that, um, yeah, it'll get back in and that, you know, it'll, it'll send our sport in the, in the right direction.
3: Now Australia might not be softball mad but Japan really is and you've played professionally over there and we've seen so many female athletes this year push to be called professional and paid professional do you think that softball um, is leading the path in that way overseas anyway
0: Yeah definitely um if you were to see a softball game in Japan you you'd think oh my god what's going on here there's fans there's fans that you know we don't pack the stands out but we're you know we get some pretty good crowds but um, they're company-based teams over there, so there's a lot of support behind them. So, um, yeah, for us softballers, unfortunately, we can't be professionally based in Australia, but um, I'm very lucky to, to be able to say that I can play that, and I'm lucky that our sport has that you know opportunity for me to continue my day job, I guess, as a softballer.
1: Stacey, can you tell us about some of the other players on the Aussie Spirit team and, and about you know some of their talents and who we should
0: sort of keep an eye out for? Yeah, I uh, definitely. Uh we have we have a pretty good pitching staff. Um we've got Kaya Parnaby who she's also she's my teammate in Japan, so she plays professionally overseas. Uh we've got Justine Smethurst who was at our last Olympic Games. She's another pitcher. Um she had a little bit of a break and she's back and and we've got a a good sort of mix of youth as well. We've got um Taylor tix Cronus who's from New South Wales. She's based in the US, playing in the professional league over there. Uh, one of our vice captains is Claire Warwick. She's, um, she's based in Italy and plays professionally over there. Um, I could probably go on all day for you, but <laughs> I might stop it there. No, thank you,
1: Stacey. And I suppose also for us on this show, it feels like it's been a real watershed year in women's sport this year. Have you had a favourite moment in women's sport so far?
0: Uh, yeah, I'd love, I would have loved to have set a gold medal at this, um, tournament for us, but <laughs> unfortunately we played ourselves out of that last night, but, um, I probably would have to say the Matildas getting into the Olympic Games, um, you sort of, that's something that they've worked for for such a long time. And, and I think that sort of, um, yeah, made a, made a few waves in, in female sport, not just for the Matildas, but for a lot of other sports. Um, yeah, that was pretty inspiring, I think, to watch.
1: No, that was one of my favourite moments as well, and we had Michelle Heyman from the Matildas on the show a couple of weeks ago, and they're just an absolutely outstanding group of athletes.
0: Yeah, they do, and you see them sort of all over social media, and um, they promote the sport really well, so that's really good to see.
3: Stacey, where would you like to see the sport in 10 years?
0: Um, Oh, definitely I'd like to see a professional league somewhere in Australia, and I think um, in terms of the quality, I think that's a big issue at the moment, and Something that a lot of women's sports are working for, but I think I'd love to see, uh, some equality in there in terms of, you know, pay and, and exposure and all that sort of stuff. It's, um, we're one of the, the few sports that, uh, I think our women, um, are paid better than our men. So, um, in terms of that, I think I'd just like to see, see our sport very, uh, noticeable and, and everyone wanting to play it, I guess.
1: Well, Stacey, we hope you get there. All the very best for your game tonight. Thank you so much for joining us. And for all my listeners out there, make sure you get behind Australia's softball team. You can follow them at SoftballOz on Twitter. Thank you, Stacey. No worries. Thanks for having me. How lovely it was to talk to Stacey and... Give a sport that doesn't have much publicity the opportunity to come on our show and have a bit of a chat. I have to say, Britt though, I was a little bit sad hearing Stacy talk about, you know, how she felt about softball not being included in the Olympics. And, you know, we see sports like golf, which has so many major tournaments throughout the year and gives their athletes the opportunity to shine so often. Then we see, you know, sports like softball not included in the Olympics and only really getting to play a major tournament once every two years.
3: Yeah, golf and, and tennis too on yeah. that point. And the reason that golf and the Rugby Sevens were included in this Olympics was because the IOC thought it would bring more women to the games than softball would, but... I'm not convinced that golf has, and a lot of our major, you know, players have dropped out. Mm-hmm. Jason Day, I know he's a man, but has dropped out. Rory McIlroy, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of the big players are, are dropping out because mm-hmm. of the Zika virus. And really, they don't, they don't get anything out of playing the Olympics. And it's sad because, um, our softball team has won silver at the 2004 in Athens and bronze at the Beijing Olympics 2008. So we're quite successful and to hear that. They cannot play the pinnacle of their sport anymore because these other sports are in there that, you know, their athletes don't even want to play in that. It is it's really sad.
1: I'm definitely on the bandwagon now to get softball included in the next Olympics. <laughs> I think that's going to be a new Ladies Who League mission, softball for the Olympics. I'll come up with a hashtag and, and get on board with that. We'll take a quick break now and we'll come back in a sec. Time for my favourite segment, it's Mary's Mix-Up. Let's get the bad news out of the way first and that's the Brumbies lost 15-9 to the Highlanders last night. That's going to be the last time we see David Pocock in a Brumbies jersey for a little while. He's off on a two-year sabbatical. Uh, So all the best to David in that time and hopefully the Brumbies pick it up next year with a win. I also wanted to mention UFC. Uh, Holly Holm is headlining the UFC on Sunday, and that means three of their last four events, including UFC 200, were headlined by women. Back to NRL, I just wanted to remind you all that it is Men of League round this weekend, so make sure you get out to a game, buy a Men of League pin because that organisation does a tremendous amount of work supporting the men, women and children in the rugby league family. Also a big shout-out to Brenton Lawrence who made uh, the night of a young fan who uh, suffers from a debilitating disease at the Men of League dinner on Tuesday night. So he was there and sat with her the whole night and it was an absolutely delightful story also wanted to mention Lauren Jackson and her number 15 Seattle Storm jersey, which has been retired by the club. I read an article by Matt Calkins, and I think he said it best when he wrote that the six-foot centre has reigned over the league like nobody else has. I'm also beginning to get very excited about the Olympics and particularly the medal chances for our Australian Rugby 7 women's team. I wanted to share a bit of a story about Coach Tim Walsh and how he broke the news to the girls heading to Rio. So Tim gave each player a letter and told them to arrive at a certain point and location where the 12 girls were announced. Uh, This ties in nicely to the four-year journey that the girls have been on um, and it was a little mini documentary around them. So make sure you get around those girls heading into Rio. Also, congratulations to Mick Fanning, who won the J-Bay just one year after he had been attacked by a shark at the same venue. And also very excited for GWS Giants co-captain Callan Ward this weekend, who will become the first Giant to play 100 games for the club. He's played 99 of the club's 104 games and is one of the Giants' favourite sons. And finally, I couldn't go any further without mentioning the Pokemon craze that is sweeping the nation. It seems that no one is safe and coach Craig Bellamy came out this week and said some of our players seem to have gone crazy about it and a couple of them were out late at night on the bye chasing something around South Bank hopefully they caught a Squidward Radio Hub is Australia's premier podcasting facility with high quality sound equipment and production services Radio
4: Hub is a one stop shop for all your podcasting needs so If you're ready to jump into the exciting realm of podcasting, contact Radio Hub on 0402
1: 870 900 or email info at radiohub.com.au. We've gone basically a whole show without mentioning the Parramatta I think this is a first for ladies who like
2: <laughs> Especially
4: this
1: season. Oh there's always something to talk about, Natalie.
2: Well uh, we've still got a minute or so if you wanna <laughs> if you wanna bring something up or another scandal, you know. I think what it actually like. something might happen in that minute, you
3: never know. <laughs>
1: I think what I'd actually like to bring up is Nathan Peets, who is now my favourite new person on Twitter, who said this week that he was waiting at the airport for Brad Takarangi and the remainder of the Eels team to throw rotten eggs at them as they arrived.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh. Gotta love Nathan Peets. You do. yeah. We
1: love Peatsy on this show. And, um, yeah, it should be a good game between the Eels and the Titans. Let's leave it there. Emma, thank you so much for
2: coming in today. It's been great having you. Thank you very much. I hope I can come back again soon.
1: You are welcome anytime. We, we love the Tigers here as well. The uh, Radio Hub team took my Aaron Woods blow-up doll, but usually he's a permanent figure in the <laughs> She's studio. She's not upset
3: about it at all. Not
1: at all. <laughs> Natalie, thank you also for coming in. It's been great having you. Thanks for having me. No, my pleasure. And Brittany, as always, it's great having you in the studio. We're actually uh, in Matching
3: Ladies Who Leg Jumpers this morning, so I love it. <laughs> Thanks, and Thanks, girls. It's been fun.
1: Well, that's another episode done and dusted. Make sure you listen, subscribe and leave us a review. I'll give you all an update on our getting to 50 reviews competition. We're now at 45 reviews. So when we hit five 50, more. five more, when we hit 50, I will give away some free Ladies Who League merchandise and you can be matching like Brit and I. <laughs> Hope you all have a wonderful weekend. I'm going to say go the Tigers. I'm going to mm-hmm. say, oh, I don't know who to pick out of the Sharks and the Knights. Look, rugby league's the winner on that day. <laughs> go the Eels and go the New South Wales Girls and Keziaps. apps. Have <laughs> a great weekend. You've been listening to Mary Kay from Ladies Who League.
0: Australia screams. One- Thank you,